Welcome to this episode of Mia Lux and Love, brought to you in partnership with Levette, an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles, something I've been building for the last 18 months as a conscious response to just the, I mean, honestly, the grossness and the utter nonsense that I experienced when I got single and tried to jump back on the app. So if you are single and looking for a better alternative, uh, make sure you check us out. We're open for applications now. And in this episode, I'm going to be exploring this very juicy question. Can we use our sexual energy to manifest? You know, and I think traditionally, I, I always grew up thinking, well, sexual energy can only be used for something sexual. I remember the first time I got a hint that maybe, maybe there was more to it was in uh, Napoleon Hill's, you know, his very famous book. And he talks in there about sexual transmutation. Right? And I think this was written in the 30s, but he talks about this idea of that very successful people take their sexual energy and they transmute it into energy for their work, for their, you know, for their dreams, you know, into other important areas of their life, not necessarily into sex. Now, that sounds great in practice, but for me, I've always thought, you know, it's kind of esoteric. How does one transmute your sexual energy, right? Well, the good news is my guest today, Emily Fletcher, has been delving deeply into this world and creating her own framework for how to do this process. Now, for those of you who don't know Emily Fletcher, I mean, this woman changed my life. I have been an on and off meditator for forever, right? I think many of us can relate to this. We start a practice, we get into it, and then, ah, you know, it drops off. But her meditation technique, Ziva meditation, this process changed my life because it got me meditating and kept me, med me meditating consistently. Ever since I did the program, probably, I guess like five years ago, I have meditated consistently and she really does build these these sorts of uh, systems to be functional supports for people who are living life so you know whether it's you know meditation or this new kind of you know sexual energy exploration i can always trust that emily fletcher's work is something that is designed to be clear and helpful so i'm excited to share this conversation with you uh you know she is like i said the the creator and the founder of ziva meditation and if you know her backstory, she was actually a Broadway actress, right? She had to deal with so much stress, which is how she came to develop this system because she started going to India and she was training in meditation and really trying to bring these, I guess, like super uh, helpful and deep practices into the Western world and into, I guess, forms and functions that are easier for us like householders to apply. So in this conversation, she shares with us about you know, what is sexual energy, you know, and, and how do we activate it? And more importantly, in her words, how do we alchemize it to make our, our greatest and most delicious desires come true? Emily, thank you so much for jumping on with me and digging into this topic because, you know, obviously I know you deeply. I've been practicing your meditation style, Ziva meditation for many many years you were the person who finally got me and and kept me meditating which is amazing yes. and i know you have turned your incredible mind and talents to a whole new direction which i'm very excited to ask you about and the question i'm going to ask you to launch into that is can we use our sexual energy to manifest only if you're smart <laughs> only if you like things that work only if you want to have a lot of fun it just while sounds too good to be dreams. true like I just like when I hear that I'm like oh so as well as orgasming and enjoying pleasure and activating my body I can also make my wishes come true that's it that's it and here's the here's the thing I'm embarrassed to admit is that 
these practices, you know, pleasure practices, sacred sexuality, like I knew they existed. And until I understood that I could use my sexual energy to create my dreams, I didn't prioritize it. I was like, oh, that's lazy. That's hippy dippy. I don't have time for that. And I'm not proud of this, but it's true until I was like, wait a minute, I can take the, the engine, the creative engine that, that does the most divine thing that a human can do. It is possible to create and birth another human through it. But thank goddess, every time we orgasm, we don't make a baby. Otherwise it'd be very crowded on planet earth. But every time you orgasm, you can make a baby. You can make a creation of your choosing if you're intentional about it. And once I understood that, I bumped these pleasure practices way up my priority list. And lo and behold, my whole life got better. That's a very productive A type thing. I, and, and, it, and it sings to me so deeply. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, no, this feels very two for one. I like this. Now tell me a little bit about that, the creative force of sexual energy, because I know for you, this is probably a given, but you know, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what do you mean by that? Because I think for a lot of people, when we think of sexual energy, well, we think of it as, as energy used in sex, we get turned mm. on. We either pleasure ourselves, we have sex with somebody else, and then it's over. And that's, yeah. it's just for that. So yeah. yeah, like tell me a little bit more about what you mean by this kind of creative force. Yeah. So, I mean, sexual energy can be used for all of that and is, is beautiful to be used for that. And what I've learned through nature, basically giving me a makeshift PhD over the last two years and handing me the world's most amazing experts at my doorstep and in my home, becoming best friends with Layla Martin and living with Regina Thomas-Shower and um, going through a big personal change and finding this long distance cosmic lover, I was, I was sort of very quickly initiated in this idea that sex is not just about the 3D, that there's actually many other realms, many other levels that you can engage with another partner, with yourself, and even dare I say, with collective intelligence itself. And this is the thing that's most fascinating to me. Like I'm not interested in getting into this space to give blowjob tips. I'm so glad that people do it. I'm so glad that that exists. It's not that interesting to me. What's interesting to me is using these practices to connect to God. God, to plug into God, to plug into the highest form of you and to get clarity, not only on how you can bring your desires into fruition, but perhaps even getting clarity on what your desires are and using this sacred time of orgasm where your electromagnetic field is large. Like it, it, it at least quintuples, but it might even 10 X in size from you being in fear and stress to you being in that orgasmic state, quite literally your electromagnetic field is bigger. You become a stronger magnet. Also you're accessing source energy. Like in, in France, they call orgasm le petit mort, right? We're, we're practicing death. It's the little death. So you're transcending the individuality and connecting to the totality. And so once I understood that, which is very similar to meditation, right? In meditation, you're transcending the individuality, connecting to the totality, transcending mind, accessing being. And once I connected those dots, I was like, oh, this is actually what I'm already teaching. I give people a way to transcend the identity and then manifest. Now we're just doing it and pouring a lot of gasoline and jet fuel on it. Because when you add orgasm to the piece, the oxytocin levels are higher, the endorphins are stronger, and you have to be so intentional about it, especially when you have a partner. 
okay so that this is this is so juicy and I can I can feel myself being like tell me like I, I and, I'm, and I'm sure it's not something you can just tell in 10 minutes and I'm aware about this will be a taster for us and and for anyone listening to go find you eventually and I know I know this is still in the works and being birthed uh but what are some of the key things we should know about this kind of a practice if we want to mm-hmm. learn more about it like like how do we even begin yeah so I would say that it's easier to start by yourself than it is with a partner because anytime you put a partner into the mix it's like well I'm busy or they're busy or I'm not in the mood or I just want to I just want to be on the 3D I just want to have animalistic engagement versus I don't want it to be a ritual so I would say start with yourself because just like it's hard to tell a partner what you want physically if you yourself do not know physically what you like and what you enjoy I think the same is also true when you start to add a spiritual element into things so it's like you discover your own relationship with your own soul you discover what your flavor of sexual ritual might look like you discover what sacred sexuality means for you so step one for that would be make time and space. And just like, you know, we make time and space for meditation or exercise or any other practice that we know makes us better. It's like, we want to prioritize it. And I would say really set the mood. And we already know what a ritual is around sex, candles, music, dinner, you know, smells, cleaning your body, anything that you would do for a really sacred ceremony, um, do those same things. But this time it's for you and God or you and your soul, whatever you want to call that thing. And, and I would say, go into it with an intention. And that intention might simply be a question. Um, you know, show me what unconditional love feels like. Show me what healing looks like. Um, how would you use me to be of highest service? It doesn't have to be, I'm going to manifest a Maserati and a million dollars. You know, you can do that too, if you want, but oftentimes having the intention be a question or a felt sense is a beautiful way to start because it leaves um, more room for nature to play with you, to dance with you. And then once you're clear on like, what is your intention? Is it a question? Is it something that you want to manifest? Then you can move into um, sacred space. And the good news is you already know how to do this stuff. Likely if you're listening to this, likely if you're in the Le- Levette community, like you know how to pleasure yourself. <laughs> You've probably been doing it for a really long time. And where people sort of short circuit is that the ways that a lot of people are pleasuring themselves are um, being reliant on external sources like vibrators or porn. And I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. I'm not here to put judgment on any of that. Um, I think there's a time and a place for all of it. But if you're watching someone else's pleasure and if you're using machines to sort of expedite the process, sometimes we can um, divorce ourselves from the sanctity of it. We can divorce ourselves from the ceremonial nature of it, which actually comes from the time right? The slowness, the sensation of it, the presence of each sensation, the acceptance of each sensation, um, which can make it more holy, make it more sacred. And so then, and I learned this from Layla Martin. So shout out to Layla Martin, who's really one of the world's greatest Tantra teachers and my best friend. And so what she teaches is that in this practice, which I call sexual alchemy, she calls sex magic. You're basically, um, once you have the vision clear in your mind, the question, the thing you want to manifest, you start to build that pleasure um, from root to crown. What I would say, you know, and thank you, uh, Lauren Handel Zander, thank you, Handel Group. What we would say, start in the hoo ha, right? Because that's where the sensation is building. And then you bring it up into your heart. 
which is going to change the texture. It's going to change the chemistry of it. And then as that pleasure builds, you bring it all the way up into your head. So your hoo-ha, your heart, and your head are all vibrating with this beautiful pleasure frequency. And then at the moment of peak pleasure, at the moment of orgasm, at that le, le petit mort, then you send all of that energy up into the thing, the question, the intention, the thing you're looking to manifest. Um, and then, you know, see what happens. Um, you know, results are not guaranteed, but I'll tell you that I, I can't think of anything that I've done this with and, and it hasn't happened. <laughs> that, I mean, that sounds like an incredible process. And in the case of a question, I'm curious, do you listen for the answer or do you just find that the answer comes to you through the day? Like, do you have any kind of, let's say, post-orgasm mm. ritual to kind of let it settle? Yeah. So this is part of the thing that I'm birthing right now, like part of this whole sexual alchemy process. But I do think that just like in a yoga class, you don't skip Shavasana, right? Again, Shavasana, corpse pose, you're practicing dying, you're practicing transcending the ego, the small self, and you're connecting with totality. And this is where the conversation happens. You know, a lot of people think of prayer as begging God for more stuff versus listening to the divine guidance that is already inside of us. And really that is where the magic can happen because we're just creating a spaciousness for the answers to flow inside of the left brain and right brain, the individuality and totality, which are already there inside of us. So yes, I would say that after that moment of peak pleasure, you know, you're sending that up and then you come back to the vision, you hold the vision. And then I would recommend scheduling in at least five minutes, 10, if you have time, you know, playing some beautiful, inspiring music and just allowing yourself to be you know, a white blank canvas, just allowing nature to paint on you as she sees fit and being open to whatever guidance or um, ideas, people, images come. But from my experience, I sort of offer up the prayer and let it go and then move about my day. However, if I wasn't such a type A control freak, I likely would make more time and space for that exact canvas time. <laughs> And what, and what's something about this practice that really surprised you? Because again, like, you know, you have experienced so many different types of meditation, spirituality, personal growth. I know you are you know, well-versed in so much. What is something that is so unique about this that kind of like mm -hmm. got you so hooked? Wow. I think the thing that surprised me was actually doing it in a group setting, <laughs> which sounds, I mean, I, me, know, I, I hear that. I hear that. I'm like, I could feel my, I could feel all my fears like come up in that moment. Yeah, me too. Like if I was me two years ago, listening to this podcast, I'd be like, this lady is crazy. Goodbye. Good night. I'm going to turn it off. And I would say, don't, don't knock it, it till you, <laughs> uh, but don't knock it till you tried it at this point, like riding that collective wave of pleasure and hearing and feeling an entire room of people reaching ecstatic states is one of my favorite experiences as a human. And here's the thing. It's not an orgy. It's not a group sex play experience. It's actually quite sacred and it's about you and God. And, and once I understood that, then I was like, oh, it's like going to church. It's like singing in a choir. It's like dance class where when you're in coherence with yourself and other people are in coherence with themselves and then you become, then you create this group coherence, the energy amplifies, the antenna amplifies. And so you're creating this beautiful collective antenna, which my hypothesis is, and I'm betting a lot on this, that as you increase the size of the antenna, as you increase the number of people that are in coherence with themselves and each other, it strengthens the potency of the prayer. 
And so the vision that I can't stop seeing is 80,000 people in a stadium practicing these sacred ecstatic practices together and holding a vision not only for themselves, but also holding a collective vision for the species and for the planet. And my, again, my, my hypothesis, my gamble here is that it will change the timeline of the species. So this is like, I love the word you use this sexual alchemy, taking that energy and like alchemizing it. It's interesting about the idea of the collective antenna I, I, the question that kind of pops to my mind when you're talking about groups is in the context of the society we live in where, you know, sex can be confusing. We don't all have the same ideas about sex. How do you teach and communicate the people who are learning this practice? How do you kind of frame it for them when they're coming into the experience? Because mm -hmm. it sounds to me as you describe it, that it's not necessary, necessarily like a sexual experience. Mm -mm but you're using sexual energy. So I'm, I'm curious if you'd speak a little bit more to that. Cause I can, yeah, I'm one of those people that's like, what, like how, and then like, are they looking at me? Are they, like, is this, is, am I embarrassed? Like, how do you kind of sit the yeah. container for people? So that's why I think that this medicine is so potent is because you do by nature have to peel away a lot of the calluses and the armor and the guards and the trauma and the fear and the conditioning because it's deep and it's and that conditioning is very um, purposeful right like we've all been victims and I use that word very intentionally and very accurately I think that the entire species has actually been victimized by a very explicit campaign for thousands of years to divorce us from our own divinity, to make a, I mean, the word masturbation is a religious term that means to defile. It means to defile. The word vagina means sheath for a sword. And yet- Do you know, where the, G, do you know where the G spot comes from? A man's name. Dr. Grufenskorg or something from like, <laughs> an Austrian yeah. doctor. And who we, like was researching the urinary tract and stumbled across the G-spot. I mean, <laughs> according to him, according to yeah. Western medicine, I'm sure people have, have like, found it. For hundreds of years, like, oh yeah, Dr. Grafensberg definitely was the first person to ever find that. <laughs> I know, it's so funny because I was working with Lauren, who's our mutual friend, on renaming a lot of and, these and terms. And the co-founder of Levet. Yeah. So Lauren's amazing. And we were like hiking in the woods every day, twice a day, just hitting record and channeling because these terms, the, even the word sexual, even the word, you know, chakra, kundalini, G-spot, like pussy, certainly these words have such strong attachments to them, so much baggage. And when we got to the term G-spot, you know, we were like, wait, what could it be? This and the other button. And we're like, what if it's the Z spot? And we're just having some fun with that because Ziva's my brand. And I was like, no, I can't put my brand on this spot. And she's like, a man did it. A man who doesn't even have one did it. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> Ziva just needs bliss. Let's make it the bliss spot. I love that. I'm going to call it the Z spot from now on because like yes. it annoys me every time I have to say the G spot. I have that. I literally looked him up too. I have the image of this old. Beard. No, no, just don't, <laughs> just don't ruin it for everyone else. Ruin, no, I want to ruin it for everybody so that we rename it. Let's the kill the G spot and make it the Z spot. The Ziva bliss spot, much sexier. Great, I'm, I love it's it. It's re re rebanding the G spot. It's happened. Yeah, but it's done. Um, so I have no idea what the original question was, but I, I think it was, oh, right, the conditioning, the power of the medicine has been wrapped in some really powerful armor. And I think that's been intentional, right? Like people who are plugged into God, people who are sexually liberated, people who know how to access this endogenous pharmacological wonderland are very hard to control. 
And, you know, various governments and various churches have been in bed with each other, and I use the pun intended, for a really long time. And so if if we teach people that, oh, masturbation is defiling, that it's dirty and wrong and shameful, and you're going to go to hell for for pleasuring yourself and having direct access to God, then we can outsource God, and then they have to tithe to the church. The church doesn't have to pay taxes. You can become someone's property if you get married to the church. And so it's been very intentional. I mean, the, the most famous lady in the Christian religion is a virgin. We sanctify, we, we made holy virginity. And Mary Magdalene, who's portrayed as a whore, you know, there's other texts that they're suggesting that she was actually a very advanced tantrika and had access to really powerful tools and an initiate of Isis, the Egyptian goddess of sex magic. Anyway, I'm sure that we've lost people a long time ago. The point of the story is that the reason why it's worth it to wade through these muddy, muddy, abused, traumatized waters is that the gold, the payoff, the potency of the medicine is exponential. It's so, the thing that Layla said to me that I can't unhear is that she said for tens of thousands of years, ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. Ecstasy was seen as a purifying force. And then I thought about the way that I feel in ecstatic states, how I feel post-orgasm. I feel clean. I feel connected to source. I feel capable. I feel holy even. And yet we've been taught, conditioned even, that it's wrong, bad, shameful, that we should be embarrassed, that it should be private. And these are the things that I want to question. Well, there's, there's something I know about you, which is your ability to take things that are inaccessible or esoteric and make them the sexiest thing out there and the most fun thing out there and make it work like you did with meditation I I cannot wait to see how you bring this to the world so for those uh, those listeners who are drooling like I am I'm curious how can we learn more about this where do we go to watch this journey yeah so it's just all being birthed in real time this is really my first podcast talking about sexual alchemy as a thing i'm doing some experimental things at burning man in a couple of weeks i actually am doing a 4000 person activation in toronto which i'm stoked about because 4000 people is not that far away from 80000 uh, but the best place is to go to zivameditation.com/alchemy and basically what you're going to get there is my favorite sexual alchemy playlist and then you're going to get a weekly email from me. And it's basically full disclosure. It starts Dear Diary. It is a journey of how I have become a sex witch. It is a journey of how I am birthing this process. I will share my only intention in writing this is to share my truth. Because as a former people pleaser, no, I'm not former, as a full-blown people pleaser, as a recovering codependent, and as someone who has become expert at telling people what they want to hear, my mission to myself, my promise to myself is to tell the truth. And so that is really the purpose of this. If you go to zivameditation.com slash alchemy, you're going to get my unfiltered, heart-on-the-table, truthful journey of birthing what is very... um, uh, bifurcating and very um, inflammatory for a lot of people. And so I'm going to be taking you on that ride, the, the wild, wondrous and crazy journey that it is. I'm going to sign me up. That's, a, right. that's, that's such an easy yes. And, you know, you're such a thoughtful human, the way you approach things, the way you look with your own self-awareness. And, you know, I, I trust how you approach something, even as I'd say to me, foreign is this. I would be so keen to see where it takes you and what you learn. Um, 
So that's fantastic. Then one last question before we jump off, which is apart from sex alchemy, if you could teach every single person out there who's like they're single, they're looking for love, if you could teach them one thing that you think would revolutionize their life with love and sex and relationships, what would it be? Well, I have another ace in the whole answer. <laughs> and that's meditation. But you have to say why, because you have the best, you have the best reasons. Oh, okay. Okay. So in meditation and look before <sighs> meditation is not just meditation. Okay. All meditation is not created equal. If for you, meditation means I look at my phone for 10 minutes and, and on an app on my phone for 10 minutes a day, I would, I would invite you to explore something that allows you to feel sexier, that allows you to have more energy, more time, better sleep, better manifesting power. And that's really what Ziva is. Like Ziva is designed to give people back more time in their day, to make them better at life. Yes, to improve their sex. And the thing about dating, like the reason why meditation can be a secret weapon with dating is that it gives you that X factor. It gives you that like, I just plugged myself into source. I just flooded my own head, heart, and hoo-ha with dopamine and serotonin. I have everything I need. If you want to date me, awesome. If you don't, good luck, Godspeed. I hope you find someone better than you. But it gives you that detachment because you are no longer need looking to be fulfilled. You have now become fulfillment looking for need. And when that becomes your visceral reality instead of an intellectual construct, People cannot date you fast enough. People cannot hire you fast enough. And that is a direct result of you plugging yourself into God twice a day. I, I love it. And so, and I, like I said at the beginning, I, I've been doing Emily's Ziva meditation for years. It is a game changer. So if, you, if you're one of the many, many people who are like, I know I should meditate, but it's hard, then just go check out Ziva meditation. It is, it is the best. And I'd say, yeah, like I'd say such a functional supportive practice. So yeah. Emily, thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with me. I am looking, look very much forward to seeing how sexual alchemy takes place in the world. And I have me a suspicion too. it'll be a, a, a combination of a great taboo breaker, but just add so much value to people's lives. Oh, yeah, I hope it's both. I hope it blows open these old constructs that who even invented, we don't even know, and gives people that we democratize God. And by God, I mean giving you access to the collective consciousness, the collective intelligence, and your own deepest desires. I love you so much, Mia. I'm so proud of you. I'm so honored to be here. And I'm so excited for you and for everything Levette is bringing to the world. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better, do check out what I've built with Levette. We're offering a free month trial and you can get a real sense for you know how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks, and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Levette as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating. And so this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So if you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application. 